Well, good morning. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Yes, it is indeed still Christmas. Today is, in fact, the eighth day of Christmas. And each year on this day, January 1st, the church celebrates the feast of the holy name of our Lord Jesus Christ. While most of us usually only celebrate this feast every six years or so when it happens to fall on Sunday, as it does this year. There are actually dozens of feasts that are not very well known, but nonetheless are considered major feasts. There is a special feast for each of the 12 apostles, significant figures like John the Baptist, Mary Magdalene. There are even feasts commemorating significant events, such as the Annunciation of the Angel Gabriel to Mary, which we celebrate on March 25th, and the conversion of our own patron, the Apostle Paul, which falls on January 25th. Why, you might then ask, do we almost never celebrate these feasts on Sunday? Well, that is because of a concept known as precedence. For centuries, Christian worship has been rooted in the weekly pattern with Sunday as the anchor. And indeed, every Sunday of the church year, each and every Sunday, is a feast, a feast of our Lord's resurrection. You may have heard these Sunday feasts referred to as Little Easter's. Well, these Little Easter's take precedence over most other feasts, so that if a feast falls on a Sunday, it's typically transferred to Monday, so as not to interrupt the weekly pattern of the Sunday feast. But there are some exceptions. And now I always love looking for excuses for us to open the actual prayer book. So I'm gonna invite you all to take the prayer book from your pew rack and open to page 16. There is an entire section that explains our church calendar and governs how we use it. And you'll see right there at the top of page 16, there's a note about Sunday and the exceptions to the Sunday rule. There are three of them, and at the very top of the list is the Feast of the Holy Name, which along with Presentation and the Feast of Transfiguration, which we will celebrate on August 6th later this year, those are exceptions to the Sunday pattern. So there's your little prayer book liturgy lesson from the Priest for Liturgy. So now that we understand a little better how the church calendar works, we're confronted with a question. What is so important about this Feast of the Holy Name that it merits this distinction? What is its significance and meaning? Well, on the eighth day of the infant Jesus' life, this would have been the day when, according to Jewish law and custom, he would have been circumcised and given his name. And Mary and Joseph, in an act of faithful obedience, bestow upon their newborn son the name they had been instructed to give him by divine messengers. You'll recall that in the Gospel of Luke, the angel Gabriel appears to Mary and says, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. While in the Gospel of Matthew, an angel appears to Joseph and says to him in a dream, Mary will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And indeed, the name Jesus is taken from the Hebrew name Joshua, which means Yahweh is salvation, or put another way, the Lord will save. 
So Jesus' name points us to the reality of who he is for us, the one who has come to save us. The salvific power of Jesus' name was very important and taken very seriously by the earliest Christians. In the second chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, the Apostle Peter, speaking to the very first converts to the Christian faith, says to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so you may be forgiven of your sins. And in the very next chapter, the same Peter, standing in the gates of the temple, says to a beggar who has been unable to walk since birth, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And he walks. And today, more than 2,000 years later, when priests lay our hands on a sick person to pray for their healing, the prayer we says begins, I lay my hands upon you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As Christians, we ascribe tremendous power to the name of Jesus. And on this Feast of the Holy Name, our Christian calendar, indeed the values of our Christian calendar, as they so often do, clash with those of our secular calendar. For, of course, today is also New Year's Day, a day when the wider culture pressures us to make New Year's resolutions, to resolve through our own effort and willpower to improve our condition. But as Christians, we are called to acknowledge with all humility that the most important improvement to our condition is not one that comes through our own effort. That we, of our own will, cannot overcome the power of sin that seeks to distort our relationship with God, with each other, and with all creation. As Christians, we are called to acknowledge that we need a Savior. And at Christmas, we marvel with awe and wonder that of all the ways God could have chosen to save the world, he did so by taking on our frail human flesh in the form of a baby born in a manger at Bethlehem. A baby born to human parents who in their unwavering faithfulness gave to this child the holy name of Jesus on the eighth day of his earthly life. Last week at St. Paul's, we held our first Christmas pageant in three years. Thanks be to God. It was a glorious event. And as we were gathered back there in the narthex minutes before the pageant was to begin, I heard the unmistakable sound of the cries of a newborn infant as our real-life baby Jesus was being comforted by his mother in the back room there. It seems the Christmas carol got it all wrong. While the little Lord Jesus no crying he makes is perhaps a lovely sentiment, it completely misses the point. Because surely in the fullness of his humanity, that infant Jesus cried real human tears against the hard wood of that manger. And that same Jesus would go on to cry out from the hard wood of the cross 
as he died to save us from our sins, living into the fullness of his name. Our patron, St. Paul, reminds us this morning in his letter to the Galatians that through the Christmas gift of this infant Jesus, we have received adoption as God's children. Through the waters of baptism, we are grafted into the holy name of Jesus, adopted as his children and born again to new life. So while the world outside these walls has already moved on from Christmas, within these walls, there are still five more glorious days of this feast, this feast of Christmas tide. So let us sing our carols with joyful hearts. And at the start of a new year, let us resolve to put our faith and trust in the holy name of Jesus, the only name that can save us. Merry Christmas.